I'm with Dr. Carrie Shaver right now in the newsroom. She's a veterinarian with Merck Animal Health. Good morning, doctor. Hi, Nate. How are you? I'm doing well. We're in a time of year where the weather's changing and it's starting to become warm enough to take our dogs outside. What's something we can keep in mind to keep our pets healthy as it gets warmer? Yes, absolutely. So, um, and, and by the way, I am a professional services veterinarian with Merck Animal Health. Um, I'm actually an alum of North Carolina State University you know, right here in Raleigh and have been practicing in some capacity for about 14 years now in the North Carolina area. And spring and summertime, um, pet health nuisances always comes up about this time of year. Um, and I think a very important part of animal health completely is prevention of diseases. Many of those diseases, which actually tend to tag along on fleas and ticks. So the fleas and ticks, do they usually come out at this time of year? Do they go dormant in the wintertime, or is this an all-year-round type situation? Man, that's a great question. It's something that pet owners always ask me about. And so, you know, unfortunately in North Carolina, there really is no dormant um, time of year. Um, fleas and ticks are, are year-round, and, and actually every veterinarian um, in the state of North Carolina would agree that these dogs and cats really need to pre- be protected against fleas and ticks year-round. What kind of diseases are we looking at? Are there certain types of symptoms we should be looking for as well? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, there are many, many diseases, um, notably one that a lot of people have heard of because this also affects humans is Lyme disease, Um, and and there are others too. Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever absolutely will affect dogs as well, Um, and and, and several others. Um, And many of these diseases will have very similar symptoms. Um, So something that pet owners can look out for um, are, you know, fatigue, loss of appetite, joint pain, so they may come in limping. And again, a lot of these symptoms are not very specific to one disease, but it's a great idea if you are noticing any of these things to definitely mention that to your veterinarian, especially being that we live in North Carolina. You mentioned Lyme disease. That's something that's affected me personally, as well as my dog. We got her about a year ago from the shelter and we took her in for a routine test and they said, oh, by the way, your dog has Lyme disease. We need to treat her for it. She was showing no signs or symptoms for it. Is this something we should screen dogs for normally, even if, uh, you know, we don't see any signs that they might have it? Oh, wow, Nate. I'm sorry to hear that. Yes, absolutely. And this is what happens sometimes. And a lot of people don't realize that Lyme disease um, does affect lots of dogs. And many of these dogs, just like your, just like your friend, um, may not be symptomatic um, early on, and then it's it's hard to say whether that dog will progress later to have some joint problems. So I absolutely love that your veterinarian did that screening so that hopefully you could go ahead and take care of this. But let's not discount um, preventing it in the first place. And so, um, you know, we have, thankfully, you know, this is a little bit um, even more advantageous uh, with dogs and cats than it is humans is we have great ways that we can prevent against Lyme disease now. Um, There are um, very good, safe, and efficacious preventative medications out there. Um, Particularly, Brevecto is a favorite because it's long-lasting, so we love that. Um, And it tends to uh, be very easy to administer. 
Um, also, you know, we can make sure that we're checking ticks, uh, checking for ticks when we bring our dogs inside and um, every single day because they're out there whether we see them or not. And, you know, not forgetting to check in places that ticks may like to hide, you know, behind the ears, in between the paw pads, um, underneath those armpits areas, those areas that maybe we're not typically petting our dogs. They'll, they'll hide out there. Are there certain areas where your dog might go that increases the risk of getting ticks? Sure. So um, ticks, and it depends on the kind of tick. Um, there, there are about um, four, there, historically there were four different species of ticks in our neck of the woods that we had to worry about um, that love to feed on our dogs. And, and recently um, there's even a new tick. I don't know if you've heard of that Asian longhorn tick. Um, that's out and about. But this one is is particularly scary um, because it really loves to drink a lot of blood. Blood is its favorite snack. And um, one particularly sad story was um, a cattle farm where about five cows actually passed away um, because of the severe uh, blood loss that were just due to those Asian longhorn ticks. They're they're terrible. Um, But back to your question about how we can avoid these in certain areas, they tend to like um, large um, grassy areas. So um, like here in North Carolina where I live, I live on a horse farm, and we have lots of pasture grasses, and that's a perfect environment for ticks to like to hang out. But there's other species of ticks like that deer tick or the black-legged tick, some people call it, that loves to be in leaves, um, which is a perfect environment when we take our dogs out on the nature trails or, you know, up in the mountains for hikes and things like that. We're talking with Dr. Carrie Shaver. She's a veterinarian with Merrick Animal Health. We've talked about ticks and bugs, but as we come into the summer, there's heat as well. What are some basic tips for pet owners for taking your dog on walks and keeping them safe, especially if you have to walk the dog on sidewalks or on a street? Oh, yes. Heat, stroke, um, and damage to paw pads uh, by these hot sidewalks is something that I unfortunately always see in the summertime with these pets. Um, Absolutely avoidable, too. Um, My biggest tip here um, is to try to avoid the the heat altogether. These dogs still need to get out and go for walks, but try to do that early morning or um, really late in the evening um, when we're not at that heat of the day. Um, and then recognizing those signs of heat stroke just in case, you know, something slips up on us um, and, and getting these pets cooled down. Um, I like to soak the pets in cool or lukewarm water. Never, ever ice cold water as that can actually slow the blood flow and hinder our cooling effects there. Um, and then, you know, there's some, some booties that are marketed. There's all kinds of things now that, that we can place on our pet's feet to, to keep them from, from being damaged from the, hot, from the heat. All right. Well, Dr. Shaver, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me.